Welcome to the CDOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we get the latest from the commissioner of the Manitoba Junior Hockey League on how Code Red is affecting their schedule. And then a conversation between myself and Aaron Cockerill, Toulon, Manitoba's own, who's overseas on the European tour golfing with his fiance on the bag. It's a wonderful time in Cyprus. That's all on the podcast. Let's get to the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. As today, they confirmed that all hockey activities are postponed for the Winnipeg Blues, the Winnipeg Freeze, and the Selkirk Steelers. This, after the Hockey Manitoba Board of Directors announced that all hockey teams and individuals, so that's players and team staff and officials, residing in the Winnipeg Metropolitan Region, which I learned today includes Selkirk, I didn't know that, are ineligible to participate in hockey programming effective immediately. To talk about the impact this would have on the league, Commissioner Kevin Surrett talked with CGOB Sports Director Kelly Moore earlier today. Describe for me, if you can, what the past 72 hours has, has been like uh, for you as the leader of a league. Well, it's been very difficult, very challenging. Obviously, a lot of lot of hours spent on the phone with, with different groups and as we continue to navigate our way through, uh, obviously, a very situation in our province with with COVID nineteen and especially in in Winnipeg Metro, so you know it's it's come to be normal now. With with every week, obviously, there's new challenges to be faced uh, for for everyone in Manitoba and and obviously for our league as well, with having twelve teams across the province and you know in different critical zones at different times. So it's it's really been a challenge and. I really can't commend the teams enough for for their commitment to the process and and the players and the staff and the facilities and the spectators. It's it's going to take a monumental effort this year, and it's already taken a monumental effort, you know, to get to this point. And I think, from our standpoint, we are very fortunate to to be, you know, heading into week five of our regular season. Um, but it's it's not going to be easy. That's for sure. Yeah, in in addition to the decisions that you had to make this past weekend, you also had travel conditions enter into it. I know you had an ice surface issue uh, for at least one of the games. So it yeah, it, it seems like you've uh, had to certainly do a lot of stick handling. But we know what decisions you had to make last weekend with respect to the schedule but today uh there was further information uh as far as the the weekend that's coming up on the schedule what can you tell us about that kevin uh yeah obviously <clears throat> hockey manitoba announced earlier today uh regarding you know hockey teams and individuals you know play has been suspended and hockey activities have been suspended for for two weeks until they revisit their decision and and as a member of Hockey Manitoba, uh, we fall under that. So it's, you know, for us, it it's comes at a at a good time in our schedule. You know, the games involving the Winnipeg Metro teams, the Winnipeg Blues, Winnipeg Freeze, and Celtic Steelers, they, they each had two games scheduled this weekend. So those will be postponed to be rescheduled at a later date. And then we move into our, our self-imposed uh, bye weekend the following weekend. So it'll really... You know, for this for this particular moment, it's not going to impact our schedule too significantly. It's obviously uh, very concerning, but you know, these are some of the measures that we we put in place even before. You know, obviously, before moving forward with our return to play, was our schedule was a major piece to us feeling confident to to face these challenges. 
that we're in right now. And, you know, we went into this with our eyes wide open and we knew there was going to be times through the year that are going to be very difficult. And we wanted to put as many measures in place to, to help mitigate that. And the self-imposed break week uh, scheduled for next weekend, you know, really couldn't come at a better time right now with, with how things are going across the province. Yeah, and, and that's an important thing to, to remember, too, because some people might take a look at the schedule, uh, Kevin, and say, well, you know, the Blues were playing in Weiwei Sakapo. That's in the orange level, but because there are teams in, in Winnipeg Metro. And the other thing we have to remember, too, is yours is not the only league that's affected by this. It, it is every single minor or amateur hockey team uh, that plays within the Winnipeg Metro right now that are all feeling the pain, for want of a better term. Yeah, no, that, that's that's correct, and it's you know even across our league in the other zones with with it moving to you know the restricted level and and capacity restrictions have been reduced to twenty five percent for spectators. So you know, really today, all of our teams are impacted, and and, and like I said, I just really commend them. They've they're they're one hundred percent committed to providing an elite environment to all of our players in the face of very difficult uh, financial and, and, you know, COVID related challenges. You know, we've been very fortunate with, with the plan we have in place that we've been able to, to play hockey and throughout the season, really since early September with, with no COVID related issues associated with the MJHL. And again, that's just a testament to the, the procedures and the processes and guidelines that we have in place and, and the execution level of everyone involved in the MJHL community. Yeah, and I know it was just a, about a week ago, I think it was, Russ Hobson uh, from our Global TV uh, wrote an article about uh, the 12 uh, player transfers that were announced in the league where the Western Hockey League had announced that some of their players could come and play until the Christmas break uh, so they'd have somewhere to play. I mean, for want of a better term, Kevin, it brought me back to the uh, the lockout days uh, where uh, some of the best young talent that would have been playing in the NHL found their way to the American Hockey League and the level of hockey probably had never been better. Is, is that somewhat of an accurate comparison to the way your league was going up until COVID kind of entered the <laughs> onto the scene? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an exciting time. I mean, it, really, even before the Western League players, you know, were eligible to be loaned to MJHL teams, it, it's an incredibly talented, talented league this year. It's a very young young league with with already high-end WHL prospects in it, NCAA prospects, and and current NCAA Division I committed players. And with the addition of, of Western Hockey League players, obviously that, you know, it's, it's a unique situation that presents unique positives and, and unique challenges for for the teams overall. And it's, you know, there's some, there's some names, obviously, you know, the, the Damon Hunts that are going to World Junior Championships, players that are that have been drafted to the NHL or players that are on the NHL watch list, you know, it's that adds to the league. And, you know, for the players that are on those kids' teams, they get to see how those guys train, how they carry themselves, how they, you know, prepare for games and for practices. So it'll be a real bonus for some of the players that, that get to play with those higher-end um players that have come in and, and then again it's it's a balance for teams to 
you know, they don't want to change the roster too much. They don't want to make, they want to make sure their culture is the same and, and that kids that have earned opportunities still remain getting those opportunities. So it's, it's been a double-edged sword, but it's overall with the talents we already had with the talent that has come in, it's, it's a very elite league right now. Yeah, I know for the for any league uh, this year, one of the the big things has been to try to maintain the competitive balance. So, as you mentioned, you've got, for want of a better term, a bye week coming up next week. Uh, but for the, the 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 teams that are affected most uh, by the provincial health orders that are in place right now, uh, is there any kind of support system in place for the you know the players to help to at least stay active, to stay somewhat in shape? Because I, I'm presuming uh, that they, they can't practice right now. Well, the biggest thing we have is we've partnered with uh, Canadian Mental Health Agency and in, in the Talk Today program, so that's. Obviously, um, there's a mental health coach that's available for every team and every player within our league, and, and that'll be an important time not only for the Winnipeg Metro teams, but for all the teams in our league right now. During you know what's what's already a stressful situation, you know dealing with the hockey environment, dealing with you know things that might be going on at home, dealing with school, um, dealing with just the outside world and the COVID-19 pandemic so that's that's an area that we've we obviously take a lot of pride in and and that's a partnership that we started with last year and this year it's already taking place with suicide prevention workshops that you know some of the teams have already went through and and an abundance of resources and and obviously contact lines that that can be reached 24 7 um, throughout the season. Yeah, the uh, Fifth Line Foundation at NHL Foundation throwing in $1.2 million to talk today, which has now been launched uh, nationwide, Kevin Surrett, uh, MJHL Commissioner, joining us. Uh, all 60 teams, You were your league was part of the 24 that participated in this a year ago, kind of the, the pioneers of the process. So uh, have you been asked for or offered any advice to some of the new leagues that are coming on board with this? Well, basically, it's just from our standpoint, it's a no-brainer. That's the message that you know I pass along to the other commissioners across the CGHL. It's just it's something that's absolutely necessary right now, more than ever. And to not have this program in place would be really detrimental for the players in the league. And again, it's just it's just a really a no-brainer program that has such massive benefits for for everyone. Yeah, just so we could try to end this uh, on as positive a note as we possibly can, the games that have been postponed there, I guess, as it stands right now, because we don't know how things are going to shake out. But as it stands right now, those games would be played eventually later on in the in the season. Uh, is that kind of the mindset right now? Uh, uh, all things being equal. Yes, hundred percent. You know, we have another self-imposed bye week. Uh, in the second half, which is for situations like this to allow teams to, to make up games or reschedule games to a later date. And, and there's certain times throughout the season that, that, uh, teams in these situations or, or different situations that come out, come up, it, it allows them to really be flexible with their schedule. So yeah, the, these games will be postponed and just like other games that, that have already had to be rescheduled, we're, we're starting to be able to fit those in throughout our schedule. I want to head overseas. 
is this past weekend at the Cypress Open. Toulon, Manitoba's Aaron Cockrell finished tied for 14th, a very strong finish for the 28-year-old. Earlier today, I had the chance to chat with Aaron as he waited for a dinner reservation with his fiance in Cyprus, and I started by asking him as crickets chirped in the background if he'd ever been to Cyprus before this tournament. Nope. Uh, di- didn't even know where it was. Had to look it up. Um, it's uh, where we're kind of south uh, east of Greece, um, and it's uh, it's been amazing. It's uh, it's absolutely beautiful here. It's uh, it's not a, not a bad uh, spot to spend a couple weeks for sure. So let's go into just uh, what you did at the recent Cypress Open at Aphrodite Hills Golf Club. First of all, that's an amazing name for a golf club. Tied for 14th. Is that uh, your best finish so far on the tour? Uh, yeah, I think it ties it. I think I had another T14 earlier in the UK swing this year. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a good week. I, uh, I played pretty solid. I kind of had one really poor little run in the third round where I made five bogeys in a row and just kind of forgot how to play golf for like an hour. But, uh, if I don't do that, you know, I'm kind of right up near the lead. So, um, it was a good week and I like the golf course. I'm kind of excited to play it again this week. Is that something that's been normal just because of the pandemic and people staying in one spot you're playing multiple weeks at the same course or is that just unique to this that's the second time we've done it like we did it earlier this year um in wales we played the same venue twice in a row and that's like really rare i don't don't think we would do that any other time other than just from keep to keep us from moving around too much i guess so how has the tour and life on the tour changed because of the pandemic Oh, it's like my, it's like a hundred percent different. Um, they're, they're very strict here with their bubble and like mass indoors everywhere. And it's, it's been like that. And they've kind of had the same protocols since we've restarted. Um, yeah, you, you can't stay wherever you would normally just, you know, book your own hotel or whatnot, but it's within the, the bubble. They kind of tell you where you're staying and you're not allowed to leave. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, completely different but it's just it's it's nice to obviously be playing again and um in some ways it's actually been kind of easy because you know where you're staying and (laughs) uh, everything is pretty much booked for you You just gotta show up and play golf so for you then i know talking in the past you've loved visiting all these new countries and getting out and exploring has that kind of been dampened a little bit because you can't really go anywhere yeah, a little bit. Um, when we were in the UK, though, once you had been there for 14 days, um, then your like quarantine with that country was technically over. So in between tournaments, we would leave and go explore a little bit. Um, and this week, so we're in Cyprus for our second week in a row. And after this tournament, there's an off week for the Masters. Um, and my fiance is here with me, and we're actually just going to stay and explore Cyprus, rent a car, and be kind of normal again for the week so um we're, we're doing as best we can <laughs> all right let's talk about your fiance being over there this is not something that was originally part of the plan right um no not really <laughs> um she had kind of i don't know with her job she had been uh deciding on what she wanted to do like career wise and kind of in between things. She's an accountant at PwC in Winnipeg. And, um, we'd always kind of joked that we were supposed to get married. And then after, um, us getting married that she would come travel around with me. And it's just kind of worked out that, uh, I've convinced her to, to come now, even though we didn't get married. And, 
Um, we're just going to do it for the fall and see how it goes and kind of reevaluate come uh, come January. So you were supposed to get married this summer, right? Yeah, at the end of August this year. So we're just going to do it uh, in the, the same weekend next year. All right. And sh- is she caddying for you now? Yeah, yeah, she has for... This is the fourth tournament that she's been here for. She did um, two, and then we came home for two weeks, and then she's done the last uh, two, and she's going to do the next, like, four until the break. And has it been a good luck charm? Has it been a good working relationship on the course? Oh, yeah, no, it's it's good. She's She she actually knows, like, quite a bit about golf and caddying. She's She's probably done it for me close to 30 times now on all the various tours that I've played, and... Um, I've, I've actually always had great results with her. So whether that be, she keeps me in line out there, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been good. And, um, for her, I mean, we just, today we had an off day and we had to sit by the pool and she's in Cyprus. So I think she's pretty happy. Hopefully she's pretty happy. (laughs) So what is, you know, we, we typically think of the, the caddy golfer relationship as, you know, if you're watching the PGA tour, they're telling you about reads and what club you should use, how, is that similar to what it is with your fiance, or is it more just like, okay, Aaron, just chill here? Uh, it, I think at first it started as like she didn't really know that much about my game in golf and was just kind of out there. And now it's it's actually kind of turned into you know she's like a pretty legit caddy. Like I'll I'll always ask her like we just we have the same routine every every shot basically like wind direction and club and she's gotten the yardage book she knows how far all my clubs go and everything so and she's getting actually pretty decent at reading greens and so um yeah no she's she's actually pretty good at it now it's a it's been a pretty good combo so where have you been so far this year other than uh coming back home a few times oh um well when we first started they did six in a row in the uk so we did it was basically all in England and then uh, those two tournaments in Wales. Um, we went home for two weeks, and then I came back and I played in Portugal and uh, Northern Ireland, I believe. And then I went home for two weeks, and then we came back and did Scotland and Italy, and now we're in Cyprus. I think that's how it's been the last couple months. And I think people typically, you know, we didn't get the British Open this year in the, the majors, but... They they see the British Open. They see the crazy weather. Did you get any like wi- crazy wind, rain uh, rounds in there? Oh, oh yeah. Um, the the last like two events of the UK swing, the weather wasn't very good. Uh, in Portugal, one of the days we played in like like a hurricane. It was <laughs> eventually they called play, but uh, yeah, it was like seventy k winds. Um, this week's been perfect. Scot- Scotland actually wasn't terrible. It was just really cold. Um, but, yeah, that's that's probably the biggest uh, difference between playing on the tours at home and playing over here is you get a little more dicey weather. <laughs> so what is it like playing in a round with that much wind? How much does that affect your shot making? Oh, it's just, just try and keep the ball as low as you can and just try and make pars and just survive out there. But, um yeah, the one day in Portugal, it was it was so extreme. I mean, like my umbrella snapped on the tee, and like, you know, if if you had a three foot putt, if you missed it, it was gonna roll like twenty feet away. Um, and it's funny because like at home they would never play in those types of conditions, but here they kind of make you truck through it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, at that point, it's just 
survival and just try and uh, try and get through it because you know everyone else is playing in it as well. Is that fun or is it too extreme? Uh, I, I, if you ask me now, I guess I would say it's fun. But on the course, when you're getting your ass kicked, it's probably a little too extreme. But uh, I mean, it's just uh, I'm just happy to be out golfing. And uh, <laughs> I guess it's looking back on it, it's kind of fun. And you got some funny stories. Um, yeah, one of the videos I took, I put it on my social media. We were on one of the tee boxes trying to hold up the umbrella. And like it was legit blowing like. 60 70 miles an hour and like you know just looking back on those videos is pretty funny so you've got cypress again this week what else is on tap before christmas um so they have three tournaments in south africa back to back to back um that i i'm thinking i should hopefully get into they're co-sanctioned with the sunshine tour which is like the south african tour um, so half the guys from the European or half the field will be guys from the European tour and half will be from the Sun, sunshine tour. So the plan is to hopefully play all three of those. And, uh, the, the like race to Dubai final event is mid December, which would be the top, I believe it's 60 guys qualify for that. And I, I would need some, some high finishes to qualify for that. So hopefully play my way into that. Uh, and if not, we'll be home like mid December. Have you been satisfied with how you've been playing? Um, almost. I, uh, I I guess not quite. I've I've been consistent. I've made a lot of cuts. I've been steady. Um, just no real high finishes, um, which is kind of what you need almost at this level. You're you're almost better to have like a a top three finish and then miss like four cuts in a row and just have another really high finish. It, doesn't overly reward the guy who finishes 25th every week um so you know maybe just try and be a little more aggressive and and kind of make a little more birdies and and fire a few more pins or something but yeah i mean it's 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 been uh it's been okay and it's kind of nice with how i mean not nice with covid but just with the way that it's worked out they've they've moved or frozen everyone's categories um, or like status. So I'll have the same status next year. So, you know, these 15 to 20 tournaments that I get to play are almost like a kind of feel it out and ease your way in. And then it's almost like it restarts next year. So it's kind of worked out for me. So for you then playing this uh, event at the same course, I know it'll be the same for a lot of other golfers, but does that give you maybe the ability to be more aggressive? Cause you know, the course a bit better. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've played. I played a couple practice rounds and the four tournament rounds. I'm playing nine holes each day the next two days, so I'll have, I feel like a home golf course almost by the end of, uh, of this upcoming week. So, um, yeah, I know a lot of the guys played last week, but there's some some guys who didn't play last week. So there's some some guys who are learning the course, and I think it was you know a huge advantage to have played last week, obviously. And um, there's some really funky golf holes out here, so um, yeah, it's an advantage and. It's a different format this week where they're cutting to the top 32 guys after two rounds and then, like, resetting the scores. And then you play again on Saturday, and then they're resetting the scores and cutting to the top 16 for Sunday. So it's basically just shoot as low as you can on Saturday and Sunday. But, uh, yeah, it's something different, and it should be fun. So if you get to Sunday, then, it's a blank slate, and whoever's best on Sunday wins? Yeah. Yeah, it's basically like a one-round Monday qualifier. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's something different. And I think Saturday is, like, after Friday, it's a blank slate for Saturday's round. They do that, and then they 
blank slated again for Sunday. So it's kind of like two Monday qualifiers on the weekend. So it'll just be, uh, yeah, who, just going low. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So in the end, yeah, there've been some, some COVID restrictions. Obviously there were some cancellations, but you're still living your dream golfing overseas and your fiance's by her side. So life's pretty good for Aaron Cockerell, you'd say. Oh yes. We're, we're thrilled uh, with where we are right now and um, <laughs> how things have worked out. And we saw that the code red at home and things are shutting down again. So we're very fortunate and happy to, to be over here and golfing and, and feeling, you know, for the most part, pretty normal. Well, Aaron, I appreciate you taking time to talk to me today. Uh, go enjoy your dinner, and uh, we'll be wishing you best of luck on the tour coming up. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Christian. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?